Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 83. We've got a special guest this weekend. Everybody, welcome, Mr. Andy Klein. Woohoo! Welcome. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I even remembered to get the bell out early. It's a, <laughs> that alone is a, it's a good sign. So, uh, Andy, why don't you tell everybody what your dominant skill set is? Uh, I would say my dominant skill set is is inventing and bringing those inventions to to the world, making them real. Well, we we love inventing. We've already done a show on inventing, but we didn't do it with you, and we have the the need for deeper insight. What skill class is inventing? It's a CE. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I thought it, I thought it was more of a seven point two. Interesting. Right. It's a China export. Everybody knows that. Come on. All right. So let's move on to history and fun facts. So um, as our guest, Andy, did you do any research on inventing you wanted to share with us? I did. I uh, looked at the um, it's kind of a sad story, actually. I, I, I uh, researched the invention of television. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a very brilliant young man came up with the idea um, and made it a reality, but ended up just getting mired in patent battles his whole life and became an alcoholic. So it was kind of a kind of a cautionary tale. Mm. All right. Yeah, we're starting on an upbeat. That's 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 good. That's, that's the way to go. It's, uh, only only it's one up. way. Only up from here. Only up. Uh, if that was only true, Tom, what uh, what research yeah. did you do on inventing? Oh, hard pass. Yeah, that's that's what I figured. Yeah, Tanda, I, I think uh, the invention of television or the further invention of variations on television is really interesting because of the reverse compatibility, like like someone coming up with a way to do color television that's still backward compatible with uh, black and white television was a very clever bit of electronics. Um, what I came up with were um, just an arbitrary group that listed the top uh, 10 inventors of all time and I thought it might be interesting to uh, to just run through them and see if you guys can just shout out what you think they invented. And then Tom, don't be looking it up now. Um, and so like for example they have number one um, Thales of Miletus um, who lived in the 6th century BC and was the father of Western philosophy. Uh, he was also one of the first people to explain natural phenomena without reference to mythology, technically making him the world's first scientist. But uh, some of these will be really obvious, but others I'll, I'll give you a little pause and you can and, and maybe shout out what you think they invented. So uh, I got this one. I got yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it, PJ? Toasted bagel. Oh, yeah. man. You're good. Yeah, Leonardo da Vinci invented the toasted bagel, and a lot of people don't know him for that. But uh, it's uh, it, it's what during a period of time he was most famous for before he came up with some other you know more more well known and longer lived inventions. But uh, number three is Thomas Edison. Number four, Archimedes. Number five, Benjamin Franklin. Number six, Louis Pasteur and Alexander Fleming which is probably like seventh grade biology. Um, people probably know that. Number seven is the Montgolfier brothers and Clement Adder. Does anyone know what, uh, what they invented? Nope. No. So that was, uh, uh, yeah, PJ? Yeah, uh, why is there two number sevens? Well, I thought, there, I thought there was only one. Maybe I misstated something. Uh, okay. Uh, they, they, so the Montgolfier brothers, in addition to uh, being some of the first people to fly using a, one of the oh, first hot air balloons, prison. also invented a second number seven. So that's why we have two. <laughs> um, then there was uh, Nikola Tesla. Um, of course, that's, a, that's an easy one. How about invented cars. August? And <laughs> yeah, he, Nikola Tesla actually invented Elon Musk. Hmm. So... Um, then there were August and Louis Lumiere. Any, Lumiere. Any guesses? Like like a Lumiere. Cinema Isn't cameras. That like a lantern. Cinema cameras. 
invented the cinema. They patented, patented the cinemagraph in their first movie released in 1894. So, um, little fun fact, one of the first motion pictures um, that was filmed by Thomas Edison was filmed here in New Mexico. And number 10, um, Tim Berners-Lee. So he invented the camping stove, right? The, he invented the camping stove, yes. He was out camping. He no was in the middle of nowhere. He was like, my gosh, if what, what happens out here is going to stay out here because there's no way that anyone would know it. I would just die out here if a bear attacked me. I need some way to communicate. And so he invented the Internet. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, just just to stay in touch. I'm so confused. Um, I'm so confused. He, he actually worked at CERN and is often given credit for the idea of, of the concept of hypertext or a way of sharing documents over the Internet or then ARPANET, which was a early, you know, what, be, what became what we know as the Internet. Um, but he was looking for a way to share resources, scientific <clears throat> papers back in the day more efficiently. And uh, he and his team went on to develop HTML web servers and browsers, you know, back in like 1989-ish. Well, I, I got to be that. honest. I got to be honest, Tanda. Uh, I, I sort of missed the boat on that one because chat messaging sounds nowhere near as cool as hypertext. I want to send a hypertext. You send hypertext all the time. I don't think so. Every day. If you've ever filled out Every a day. form on the internet, or no one has, no one has ever <laughs> said that to me. No one has ever said, "I got your hypertext." They should. Oh my God, they I'm should. We should, we should try to revive that or create that as a term. It's gonna be my auto. It's gonna be my auto message. I'm not surfing the web. Now. I'm hypertexting. That's HTML is hypertext markup language, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, why? Why? say that when you could just say I'm hypertext. Some things, right, some things shouldn't be turned into acronyms. That's all I have. PJ, what have you got? I've got 11 of history's weirdest inventions. Um, and you're going to give us 13 of them? No, well, I mean, there, I'm there are no doubt sub-inventions. There's no. definitely <laughs> sub-inventions in this list. There, there, I wish there was. There really isn't. Um, Let's so, have them. Let's have them. I've got swimming aids uh, invented in 1925 by Italian uh, Genetosa de Udin, uh, who made these things, and I'm going to describe them to you. Just imagine some bicycle inner tubes that you inflate and cross over your chest like bandoliers. Then you wrap one around your waist, and then you go around each leg. So it basically looks like you've been attacked by a bicycle tire. And this is the swimming aid, okay? You have to put it on and inflate it. And the part that I find fascinating, but I can't explain, is it says it allowed the wearer to move at speeds of up to 93 miles per hour. So it slows I, you down if you're dropped from a plane and you don't actually reach a terminal velocity? Because I, I don't know, but it was meant for swimming, not for skydiving. I, I would love to hear the answer to that, but there's, there's I, nothing... I, I think somebody so, had a typo when they were hypertexting. Yeah. What's number three, PJ? It's possible. That that was number one, Tom. Try, stop trying to skip ahead. All right, so... Did I, did I stutter? <laughs> yes, you did. Um, uh, number two is ice age-resistant boats. Uh, if you were afraid of the ice age in the 1600s and you happened to live in Holland, uh, you didn't have to worry about that because they made boats that were able to transport goods over frozen uh, rivers and lakes that were uh, marketed as being ice age resistant. They were sleds? Probably sleds. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> yeah. but, but they marketed them as ice age resistant boats. That's clever. I mean, somebody <laughs> had a really good marketing campaign for that. Uh, then we had uh, the Straw Hat Radio, which I wonder if we've talked about on this show before. I can't remember. But it looks like one of those like political campaign straw hats that you would wear. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's got two poles coming off of the top. And then it what's, looks like some sort of thing that electrocutes you going between the poles. It's got uh, what looks like a smoking pipe coming out of the front. And then yeah, uh, it's, a, the horn. It, it, it's, it, it, it's 
it didn't do very well. Let's just put it that way. Uh, invented by an American in 1931, um, they believe that it was not widely popularized because it was made of straw and also the Depression. Yeah, straw tends to catch on fire when lightning hits the upright poles. Yeah. PJ, you have to post a picture of this on the Instagram account, but dare I say this was the original boombox? It, it might have been. Um, it might have been, yeah. I think That's, so. It's very possible. I think so. Uh, then we come to the thing that has probably the, the coolest name out of all of them, the Cyclomer. It, it's, I don't know, it doesn't sound as good as I read it, but uh, this is a, uh, <laughs> it was marketed as a boat, uh, I'm sorry, marketed as a bike that you can ride on land and sea. Uh, in 1932, in Paris is when it was invented, uh, it, it, this is something to see. So the wheels look like giant plastic balls with a tire wrapped around them and then each hand of the handlebar has a smaller ball and then there are two more smaller balls where your butt is and it'll hold up to 120 pounds and you could ride it into the ocean and it would be okay this is impressive as long as you weigh less than 120 pounds <laughs> right yeah so i would definitely not make it this is this was for petite women is what i'm guessing not for beefy guys it's a good thing um then we get to the 1934 shovel car uh invented for the hectic parisian streets which is basically it looks like a model t but it had a shovel that was sort of made out of expanded wire uh to catch pedestrians instead of running into them it would just scoop them up off the ground so i think i've seen something on that one it's like yeah. a cow, cow catcher for a bicycle. It's brilliant. I don't, don't know how that never caught on. I don't know, but the guy that's in the thing in the picture looks super comfy. Um, <laughs> let's just say that. Uh, then we come to wooden bathing suits. And so if you imagine the um, the cartoons where you saw like the, uh, the hobo wearing a barrel with straps going over his shoulders... Um, it's very similar to that, except it's sort of like bendy wood, and you cinch it to like around your waist and around your chest, and it shows three women wearing it. And um, invented in Washington in 1929, it was supposed to help you swim better. Um, and also later became a fashion statement, but it's bad fashion, in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. Talk about shrinkage. Oh, oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, then we have a piano for the bedridden. And uh, this was invented in 1935 by uh, the British. And it never made it out of the prototype stage, but it is... Uh, it's, it's hard to explain here. It basically <laughs> looks like a recliner. No, I got this one. Yeah. I, got, I got this if you want. Go, go for it, Tom. It's a regular upright piano, except the keyboard part extends over the end of the bed. So that the person laying in bed can play it. Yeah, let's let's fair? go with that. That's that's about right. Um, for some reason, it also reminds me of somebody that's jacked into the Matrix. Uh, I, I don't know why. It's it's a very odd picture for 1935. Um, okay, moving right along to the Victorian, <coughs> the Victorian era, we have rolling bridges. Um, this could be best described as a platform that is elevated in the air that is rolling on train tracks that are underwater. So you're on one side of water, you get on this platform, and then it, it rolls across to the other side. Uh, it doesn't really tell you how it was moved, like if it was a rope system or what. It, it And the pictures are horrendous. Um, but apparently this was an impractical invention which was in company with other many many impractical inventions during the victorian era so it uh, it didn't last long all right we only got uh three more here and then we're done this one is relatively new i've actually heard of it before um odor blocking underwear these are these are called shreddies and um the underwear has... Have we uh, talked about this before? I think so, yeah. I think we have. Uh, I, think, I think this one's been covered. 
it's it's got elastic around all of the the parts like your leg hole and your waists and <laughs> it it keeps everything you know in there so that when the gas is released it has to filter through the material and uh you can buy these at myshreddies.com that's mm. I, I don't i don't know what to say about that um that's, that's pretty much how normal underwear works right i think so I, I'm, not, I'm not sure <laughs> you though. Buy them? you do have to buy them um then we come to what looks like this should be in a movie somewhere these are called ear enhancers and i want you to imagine if you have um like a headset like you would listen to music on but instead of speakers pointing into your ears there are stainless steel bowls pointing out like the the direction sounds come to your ears uh right. that's yeah. that's exactly what this looks like not joking at all uh invented in japan awesome. for the the hearing challenge it's supposed to make you hear better and um and the last thing which is definitely something out of a horror movie uh the hangover mask and uh this looks like a mask that a a woman would wear if she's trying to apply a beauty treatment except that the beauty treatment is sticking ice cubes to your face um it is it is literally a mask with ice cubes that you freeze and 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 when you have a hangover you you just put it on uh, wouldn't you just be cold with a hangover yeah I, yeah pretty much yeah it's, it, it's uh, like it's like the major pain method where he breaks the kid's thumb so he's yes. not worried about the other thing. Right. Yes, uh, I'm not, not but, as worried about my hangover because uh, my forehead is freezing. Yes, this is the height of technology in 1947. Um, personally, I'm going to blame the war for this one. But but that was it. Those, those are all the inventions. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right, Tom's got a deal. What is it, Tom? We're dying to know. Oh, I need a, I need a minute. You go first. Tom needs a minute. All right, Tanda, do you want to give us the guest deal? Yeah, we have a, a write-in deal that uh, was sent in by Seth Williams. And if you're following on Instagram, that's at sc2h5creations. And it's called Deals in the Dark. And it says, I saved a Facebook post of a bandsaw. That was a terrible picture. I couldn't see the make, model, anything, but judging by what else I saw in the picture, I was thinking 14 inches. Either way, I had a cast, it had a cast iron table, so a setup for my 80s craftsman bandsaw saw sander, so at least to get the table out of it. Well, I got a notification yesterday that the price was lowered, so I reached out. He didn't know anything about it, but said he'd be available today and that he had other stuff for sale as well. So I borrowed a trailer, headed over this morning. I ended up getting part of a Craig K4 master system. I already have the K4. A plastic clamping square, a drill guide, a plastic ring mandrel, metal ring sizers, a tilting drill press vise, two sheets of nice half-inch by 4 by 8 sheets of plywood, 9-ply, and the bandsaw. Never heard of the brand, but it's an Elan 18-inch saw. Missing its upper blade guides and the semicircle nuts of the trunnions are broken, but still. All told, $180. A hundred just for the saw. And six-foot HDMI cable. Why the dark, you ask? Well, this building was an old warehouse depot along a train track, and there were no lights in it. It just kept going and going room after room. I wish he had said so ahead of time, as all I had was a phone for light. I'm sure I missed a bunch of stuff. So that's that's Seth's deal that he got, um, and he even appropriately gave it a name, as uh, as PJ is wont to do. I think uh, I think that hundred and eighty dollars covers just the plywood, doesn't it? Nine ply the, plywood. These, these days, days yeah. two, you know, good sheets of half inch four by eight plywood, nine <laughs> ply is worth a pretty good chunk of that yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's that's impressive very nice tom are you ready yeah i'm ready to go i bought i don't, I don't even know what to call it it's like a personal printing press that only prints one letter at a time and usually that's, it's just the letter a it's called a stamp tom <laughs> that's a stamp no this is like an electronic stamp with like it's got all the letters i think 
uh, it's an Electra 120. It's an electric typewriter. And it came in a briefcase, which is really the reason I wanted to buy it, because I don't know, it was cool. And it was like, <laughs> I think I paid less than a dollar a pound. I paid 15 bucks for it because I just wanted it. I don't even know if it worked until right now. What you mean, right end? Oh, excellent. I wrote hello. This is beautiful. Um, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with it other than play with it and write a novel or two. Um, the best part, and I didn't know this until I just set this up, there are several sheets of paper for the fire alarm system Danielson Fire Department. Uh, it's got what's what's that called? Head uh letterhead. Letter. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to definitely write some strongly worded letters to some places and send, um, that send these out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so you, you, superintendent of fire alarms. You, you need to send chief, them to some warehouses that are just chock full of cool machines and say, you know, pending pending this letter, you need to immediately liquidate most of your machines. Put them on auction yes. immediately. Yes, I like it. It's very, it, the thing's brand new, I swear. Like, it's it's in amazing shape. And I haven't even looked on eBay if it's worth anything, but it's not going anywhere. So I'm very excited about this typewriter. Very pretty. I, I love how Tom's criteria was, it's in a cool briefcase. That was it. Like, it, and yes. it doesn't matter. It could have been like a box of shoes, but it was in a cool briefcase. Well, he might want to take it to the islands when he writes his novels. So he will need to travel yes. with it. Exactly. Well, I need electricity. It's an electronic one. Uh, I'm sure you can manage. Just plug it into the ocean. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I didn't think I was going to have anything until last night when I got something. And i got to say, this was a weird one. Uh, this is called the Baby Delta Rescue. And usually when I go pick up tools... I'm picking it up from like a guy that looks like me or like a wizened old timer that looks like he's about to have his last breath right as he sells me something. Uh, but this happened to be sold by a very nice uh, gay couple, uh, two women who had moved from New Jersey to Pennsylvania just before the pandemic. So they managed to get it like regular housing prices. And this was in the house when they moved in and they just they're like, we don't want it. So uh, this is a Delta number 620 double duty 11 inch drill press. And if you've ever seen one of these before, it's a very, very small drill press that has the V-belt go uh, parallel to the ground and then it goes straight down. It makes a 90 degree turn and then it wraps around the motor and then comes back up and makes another 90 degree turn. So it's, it's a round belt that is... Sh that goes in an L-shaped path. And they had it listed for 55 bucks, but it was missing the handle and it was missing the quill assembly. So the thing that holds the chuck, those two things are gone. Everything else was in place and it was mounted on the table. And I said, listen, um, nobody's gonna buy this. I said, it's not really worth anything as it is. And I said, even if you had the parts, it's not worth all that much. And and I'm and she's like, well, uh, I, I she didn't know what to say, and so I was like, it, you know, but she came back with, well, if I take it to the dump, I'll get something for it, and I'm I'm like, well, I'd rather you not take it to the dump. I'm like, if you're gonna take it to the dump, just give it to me, right? And she's like, but I'll get like something at the dump. I'm like, you might get five dollars, you know, and and I'm like, how how about this? I'll give you ten bucks for it. How's that sound? And she's like, how about fifteen? And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> so it sounds like we need to have her on the show. Yeah. Sounds like Yeah. So um so anyway, it was an hour away. I drove down, it was a beautiful day to go out driving, perfect weather. And um they were very, very nice, the two of them. Uh they even helped me. I took it apart, then they helped me load it up because it was in multiple pieces. Uh the table that it was on was really it was it's made out of angle iron. But the top of it and the shelf is made out of six-quarter planks of wood. I don't know what kind of wood, but it is super beefy. And like <laughs> that alone, like the wood is probably worth more than the drill press. Um, so 
I, I looked it over once I got home, and uh, the table is almost immaculate. There's one tiny divot where, where whoever had it drilled a tiny, like a maybe a, a millimeter or two into it. The rest of it is unscathed. There's no arc of shame. Uh, and it is, to my knowledge, according to the internet, it is a 1936 model because it has a retirement light hanger and that was the only year that they made that model. All the other ones did not have a thing for a retirement light. And it also came with a really cool switch, which you'll see pictures of. It's a, it's a round switch that has beveled top and bottom. It's hard to describe, but when you see it, you'll know what I mean. And that was it. That was my deal. I was uh, thrilled to get it. And it looks like it's probably going to go to old-timey tools because I have a little group text whenever I get something I send to the guys and uh, right now, Juan is in Spain, somewhere in Spain, and he's like, I want it. And I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk when you get back. So, so that's it. That's all I got. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. All right, it's time for personal history. Andy, how did you get into inventing? When did it all start for you? It started with the miter fold dado set. Um, it wasn't called that at the time. Uh, well, even really? back, yeah, um, backing up from there, started with laziness and frustration about making drawers. Um, I didn't, I didn't like any of the ways, any of the options that I had for making drawers, and I just daydreamed a lot about different joints that could be cut quickly to make drawers, and I filled up notebooks or at least multiple pages with doodles and you know probably probably spent more time at my my uh, job thinking about this and then uh, I'd, I'd be happy sharing with my manager at the time um, and eventually came up with a concept that that I thought would uh, would work so that was it that's cool. I didn't know that was your. Was that really the first product you brought to market? And yeah, uh, did Rockler pick that up? I can't remember. They did. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, did they take care of manufacturing and all that? Also. Yes. What was the yep. arrangement there? They yeah. so I I kind of worked as I, I consulted if they had any questions they they uh, kept me involved and I had I had input along the way. Uh, I even suggested some manufacturers, but ultimately, uh, the the same manufacturer they use for several other things uh, turned out to be the best um, for quality and price. And yeah, so they they found the manufacturer and and uh, did all the marketing, except That's for the few awesome. videos I made on it. Right, I remember that, and I remember when everything was sort of unfolding and somehow or another Andy I managed to forget that that was your invention I remember seeing it and I think at the time I didn't know your name and it was like making the rounds around in uh, Instagram and mm. a lot of people were talking about it but it was like at that point you were just sort of like this shadowy figure like you nobody was really <laughs> pointing out like it's Andy Klein and but I do remember it and I'm like Man, I do now. Yeah, that looks that looks really <laughs> cool. Like, I probably should get one of those. Wait a minute, I don't really do any woodwork that would require that. That's cool. <laughs> so, Andy, other than that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you good, PJ? Sorry about that. Um, what? So we know about the twin the twin turbo vice. Is that the actual name? Mm -hmm. And and you manufacture that. I know you don't make all the parts, but you I, you're assembling I and delivering. Contract manufacture it. I actually don't assemble anymore. The first two batches I okay. did, the packaging, uh, but I don't do that. That was right. uh, that was killing me. So now mm -hmm. it, now it's uh, all done by third parties. The packaging. Oh, interesting. I didn't. That's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, is that because that first those first couple batches kind of funded that next? stage is that how there's you get that there, well and you also i mean the best prices i got on the different components spread all the manufacturing across like seven factories so uh -huh. i didn't i didn't even know how to begin to hire someone to pull it all together so uh I, even if i had had more money i wouldn't have known how to do it i just kind of had to bootstrap it to to kick it off 
That's cool. I and what other? I know you've invented a bunch of little things that you don't sell, but are those the only two items you sell? I sell a pencil making kit. Uh, I'm, oh, that's right. Yep, I'm going to be selling a hidden slot screw that I branded the Pika screw pretty soon. That's yep. being produced right what, what now. What did you end up calling it? Pika screw. Okay. Did that Rhyming come from? Pika did Blue. that come from kind of your crowdsourced ideas? It did. I yeah. don't think anyone suggested it exactly, but they were sort of hinting around in that direction. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I still remember all the uh, stories you did where you were packing up the vices with your son. Mm. And, and, yeah. and you're like, what time is it? And he's like, it's vice time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell he's like he had enough he's like i've seen yeah. enough vices to last me forever and i'm only like what was he like eight or he was like he was very little right yeah around that age he's nine now so he would have yeah. been seven or eight that was the best awesome oh yeah yeah we had fun he once he got there and started working and we're joking around then he has fun he never he never likes hearing that it's time to go do any of that work that sounds like every kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw you, I think, I don't know if this is the most recent thing, but you had a a, a straight drilling setup with a mirror. Is that what, I don't know if that had a name yet. Uh, that one is unnamed and probably, I'm, I'm not going to name it. So it was, it was, that's not a serious commercial effort. That was more of a kind of, just a, a whim that I wanted to chase for a little bit, but I don't think I'm probably going to do that. I like that you it. do that. I mean, you do that a lot. You did that with the epoxy dispenser. <clears throat> that was, yeah, that was and, a really wacky whim. <laughs> but I, I, so I've had something on my, on my to-do list for a long time, and you showed me, with that project, you showed me how to upsize a peristaltic pump, essentially, mm. by using larger bearings. And I was like, oh... That like it solved one of my problems that I had in my head. Mm. Uh, you know, I haven't executed yet, and um, so that's that's been tucked away for a long time. And I'll use it. So someday. I think you, have, you message. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so you have even larger peristaltic bearings in your head now than you did before. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah, I did message you. I don't know if you. <laughs> So, so Andy, you're one of my my secret maker heroes, maker influences, maker. I don't know what to call you. Um, I I like to watch you secretly because I don't want I don't want to like you don't want to meet your heroes. You don't want to ruin that, what you think they are. <laughs> even though even though even though in the maker community you're pretty safe. Uh, tr I'll try not to be too so. disappointing. Yeah, I was gonna say every <laughs> everyone who's watching my videos is doing so secretly. I don't actually I don't actually know. <laughs> That they're not subscribing, they're not liking, they don't want to have any. any this would be a great plug for a VPN right now, but yeah, <laughs> we don't have that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I wanted to make a, a glue gun for wood glue, and like it's a stupid thing, but I had these IV bags. My my kid had um had a feeding tube uh, when he was really little, and I just had this bucket of like basically IV bags that had a, a tube that went to a peristaltic peristaltic pump and I was like I want to put wood glue in there and but I needed to make it bigger because it's such a thick liquid and yada yada and I went down a rabbit hole you should definitely and get the little rolling stand to go with it so you can like roll it up next yeah. next to your uh, right to your patient right uh, and, yeah. and glue the and again, glue your patient not, back together right and I think in the industrial world this type of stuff exists like these you know glue dispensers rapid glue dispensers I don't know you know call them um, but I just wanted to make one for my shop and, you know, peristaltic pump is great because it kind of pinches off the glue and you put a cap on it and it's ready to go all the time. It, it's always primed. It's always ready to go. And you can always just fill up more. There's no, there's no pressure in the line. There's no whatever. Um, it'd be fun. It'd be a fun project. It's, yeah. it's always good to, I mean, just watch everything cause you never know where you're going to get you know, that adjacent idea and you go, Oh, I could right. do it like that. I had uh, someone come up to me at a maker event and they were, um, they bought these specialty oils that they then combined together. Um, they have a skateboard shop and they sell their own branded special secret sauce skateboard, you know, bearing oil. <laughs> um, but they buy it in bulk and then they sell it in little bottles. 
and they were like, you know, can you help us invent a system that, you know, will, will, you know, dispense these bottles? And they were trying to weigh them and do all kinds of stuff. And I was like, why don't you just buy a cheap peristaltic pump um, off of eBay? And, and it's great because just the number of turns and it will fill the bottle and, it, you know, do the number of turns you need to do to get the weight you want. And then it'll just be that number of turns forever and ever. And they just needed to know that what that was called. All they needed mm. was yeah. to be able to Google peristaltic pump. Um, and so sometimes it's just, you know, hearing someone mention something or seeing them use it in some way. And you're like, oh, such a thing exists. <clears throat> I don't know what that is. Perfect. <laughs> peristaltic pumps? Yeah, no need to explain. PJ can just be no, left in the dark. dark. Yeah, if you're ever on again, we'll make up something that doesn't actually exist and talk about it like we all know what it is. That'll be even better. It would be better. We can do that later. Oh, I'm sorry. I heard you guys wrong. I don't know what a parasite pump is. Peristaltic pump, I know. Yeah, that I'm good with. Yeah, sure. But you should explain it to the listeners. Yeah, parasitic pump is a small pump that runs off of the same shaft as the one you really need. Paras parasitic pump is uh, it's got two <laughs> intravenous needles that you just attach by clamping it to somebody's arm and then it just loads you right up there we go yeah, yeah. Um, we have already had like I said Andy this episode before we've already talked about our past inventions um, do we have any updates that we want to add since that show Tom I mean yeah I'm doing my first Kickstarter anybody hear about that have you, have you launched it yet no, well, but then, it, when then actually, actually, not hold, doing, should, I, oh, no. should I tell you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it is launching. Oh, I'm going to regret saying this publicly. Oh, I'm so nervous. It's launching July 5th, and there will be a countdown publicly announced. Don't tell anybody for like two more days. But uh, Andy, if you don't know, I'm making the frog pod. Have you seen the frog pod? I haven't. Excellent. Uh, I don't have one. I'm using one. Oh, there it is. <laughs> It's a magnetic tripod mount for your phones, lights, cameras, and more. Cool. Um, I've been working on my marketing. Uh, so it's got a quarter 20 screw in the middle, and it's got three really stupid strong magnets that can hold a DSLR on a, on a lamppost or, or a GoPro on your car. And I'm – so something I do want to talk about with you at some point, hopefully, maybe, is inventing, I feel like, like ideas are kind of cheap and easy for some people. It's – actually bringing it to market that is sometimes impossible and you've done it very well within the maker woodworking community i feel like uh well you i so andy just rolled his eyes the truth is it's it's impossible and it's difficult right like it never goes well i feel like <laughs> it never goes perfectly uh there's so many things you don't know that are happy you know i don't know so i'm getting my feet wet on that front um, but I think Kickstarter is going to be fun. Cool. Good for you. Good luck. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tanda, anything to add? No, not really anything new. I think I talked about the inventions I've been involved with uh, on the last show. Um, I will update with two things. Uh, first thing, talking about Tom's, it's difficult to get anything to market. Uh, about seven years ago, I invested in a Kickstarter called the Slide Enjoy, which is a an add-on for a laptop that goes on the back of the screen, and you can pull two monitors, flat-screen monitors, out on either side to make it a three-screen setup. And at the time, I was still doing a lot of film editing, and I, three screens would have been fantastic. And I'm like, oh yeah, I need to get this. Seven years later. They have now started <laughs> shipping them. Yeah. Really? Yes. I haven't wow. gotten mine, but some that... people have gotten them. So. Wow, really? What, uh, disclaimer, that won't happen with FrogPod. It'll take me way less than six years. Um, take at but... least eight years. <laughs> I've seen those things all over Instagram, like, for 100 bucks. There's, is that the same thing? Is, it the, is the one you're seeing where you pull it apart and it clamps onto the screen? I think so. That's a different that's a different company. So okay. the one that I have, it actually magnets onto the back and it has a 
it's difficult to explain, but it has a rest on the back that's been overdeveloped. Uh, there's also uh, knockoffs of the one that I'm talking about where they, they call it a different name and then use the same footage of the one that I ordered. And I have yeah. like, like I've sent it to the company. I'm like, uh, somebody else is selling your product. They're like, oh no, this is a ripoff. Like we've got to get them shut down. Yeah. So yeah. that's, there's, I, but I have seen one other one where you, you pull it apart to sort of clamp it onto the screen. I don't know if that one's available or not. Um, but what a dumb name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's just called the slide now. Uh, slide and joy was the original name, but, um, they raised 600,000 euro. That's crazy. I'm surprised they are still going after seven years. I, I think that's, like that's a lot of money to burn. I think that's the longest one I've heard that actually is doing some fulfilling. You know, I've heard plenty right. that just fail entirely, but mm-hmm. yeah. They, they, uh, I'll say one more thing about that and then we're going to move on. So they, they were set up to have, go into full production with uh, the, the company that makes Lenovo laptops and apparently paid them $400,000. And then the company is like, oh, you didn't give us any money. We're not making anything. And now they're in like legal dispute with them because they paid, they paid this company. So I, don't, I have no idea where the additional funding came from, but I believe these people are Danish or, or Finnish. I can't remember. They're somewhere in Europe. That's where it's coming from. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, uh, me personally, the only thing I will say, which I don't know if this is an invention, it's a bit of a stretch, but I will be releasing soon the lineup of Holdenators that I have designed. And um, probably the... It's not an invention. I don't know. Is it really, though? It's a product. You know, it's a product line. It's a product. Um, yeah, I like it. Probably the last one I made is going to be the most successful. Uh, I have these little one-ounce oiler bottles that have hypodermic needle tips and I made a single model, a duplex model, and a triplex model, so you can hold one, two, or three. Uh, they attach with either screw holes or magnets to whatever you want. And then all the like other it. holdinators are basically just different size boxes for holding small tools to larger tools. And and that's it. It'll be it'll be out soon. Noise. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy loops and stuff. Hi, this is Luke down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you an inventor? Do you dread looking up your idea on Google just to find out it already exists and there's a patent? Well, we've got the perfect product for you. Just apply Johnson's Patent Poof Spray, patent pending, to your project and watch the existing patents fade away. No more wasted hours on someone else's idea. Do not spray on pets, small children, or stones. Johnson's patent poof spray, patent pending, is not responsible for cease and desist letters or lawsuits. To find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right. It's time for crossbreeding. Uh, Andy, this is where we pair skills with the main skill topic. So what goes well with inventing? What skill What skill goes well with inventing? I'd say persistence, which I've heard you're going to talk about next week. Oh, my yes! God. Now we have to. <laughs> I, I, I have nothing to say. Tom, Tom, what, what skill goes well with inventing? Uh, thinking. Thinking goes well with inventing. <sighs> Think about it. Think about it. Uh, t- Tanda! Think about it. Do you have an actual skill to add to this that's, that's you know, like a skill people know? That, that, go, what goes that goes with, well with inventing. Uh, I would say uh, sketching. He, t- sidebar? Sidebar, Tanda? Yeah. Tanda? Yeah. Did he just say that people don't know the skill thinking? Did he just insult all of our listeners? Oh, only the ones that think, but yeah, that's most of them, I think. Yeah. You know, you know what, Tanda? Hold on a second. Let's bring, let's bring Andy into the sidebar. Hey, Andy, can you come into our sidebar real quick? Oh, yes, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I just, sorry. Um, do you, PJ just insulted our listeners by telling them that they don't know about thinking. Do you have cocktails in the you, sidebar, or is it not that kind of a bar? Yeah. Okay. No, you can totally, you yeah, should, we do. you should actually have been drinking the entire show. Okay. I'll, sorry. I'll think about I, it. 
Just like we'll the rest of the audience. I'm sure they know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just insulted our entire fan base. Yeah, you pretty much have to have thinking or other skills are out yeah, the let's window. Apolo- let's apologize to my sister now and we'll just move on with the show. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Lauren and, and our other yeah, and sorry, our Lauren. three patrons. The, and, and Creator Nader. Yeah. That's it. And Seth, because he wrote it. Yeah. And Matt. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What's the name of them all by, by name? <laughs> oh, uh, he's, uh, PJ's waking up. Oh, he's coming yeah, back. There he is. Sorry. Yeah, there he is. Tanda, can you hear me? Are you, do, you, do you have? I need I need a skill to go with inventing. Hello. Oh, she's working yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, No, I, I was just, uh, um, you know, Tom's was really good, and that was what I was going to say. Um, so, other than thinking, I'm going to have to say sketching. Sketching is an actual skill. I I will go with sketching. That's uh, that's good because you need to be able to sketch what your ideas are if you're inventing something. And what helps with inventing and sketching is design. You got to design the thing that you're inventing. Oh. <laughs> Did the statue of limitations already come up on design? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it's I think it been, did. I think I, I think, think it's just out. I mean, I think we were one show out, and now we've got oh, another man. another two years before we can use it again. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be quick. Reset button on design. Hey, well, you well know, played, well played, sir. Hey, Tom. Well, you know, if you thought about it, maybe you could have snatched up design. You came before me. I'm just saying, I, you know. I was doing some thinking, and I didn't come up with it. You're right. Making my point for me. And now it's time for Gimme Your Best Guest. Yeah. All right, Andy, we know that inventing is your number one skill, but this is the top five section. What is your number two skill set? All right, he's stumped already. I'm I'm not going to give you a hard time about the persistence thing. Um, (laughs) I'll allow it. I don't have any pull here, but I'll allow it. Oh, yeah. I, I think persistence I think is... I, I mean, persistence is... It's it's definitely important, and... and but I'm, I'm going to say communication. I, communication I that, is a skill. That is a skill, yes. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I, I think that... I, I'm not... I'm not the best in the world at it, but I would say I'm pretty good at, at communicating... Uh, the value in in the particular invention or concept that that I want to put are you, forward. How much thought are you giving to that as you're headed down the path of creating the thing? You know, um, before you get to the final first prototype, mm-hmm. if I can say it that way, how much of that are you thinking about before you get to that? first like how to how to communicate it what the story is yeah yeah why does it matter and that's right that goes hand in hand with the design process and the early conceptualization it's got to be something that you're excited to talk about that's going to pull you in that that you think you can craft a story around and get people to believe in uh so i think it's really that communication plan is really integral to that early design work and, and vetting concepts yeah, I, I, 100%. And to add to that, you have to think of, you know, you said get people to believe in, but it's because you do and you mm. you truly think you're solving a problem, whether you are or not. Uh, <laughs> like you are solving a problem that you want solved. And uh, it's fun to craft that story around it. Um, it's one of the more fun parts, I think. Well, if you're really, really good what you do is you create the problem first, and then you have the solution already. <laughs> oh, so. Man, you could have one of those right here. I have one of those right here. Creating problems to solve. The glue donut. Yeah. <laughs> I I told everyone that opening a, a tight bond glue bottle is impossible, and I put a glue donut on it to fix that problem. <laughs> it works pretty well. I mean, it's it it is a viable. Uh, <laughs> Not bad. Not a sponsor. Andy, did you have any training with communication, or is this something you just kind of figured out as you went along? It's something I figured out as I went along. No no formal communication, no training. Okay, all right. That's good enough. You learn on the fly. So what is skill set number three? 
Uh, I would say geometry or geometric reasoning. Um, Ooh. Mm. Geometric I'm, reasoning. So how is that different from geometry? Google it now. I guess it's, it's not. Geometry is a field of study. Having skill in geometry, I guess geometric reasoning is, is what came to mind to describe that. Um, and and it, most of the things I, I do have a geometric or, or a geometry aspect to them. Uh, that some Tom, you trying to get a question in? Yeah, no, I think I have the answer for you though. I literally googled it, and it's a thing. And it says geometric reasoning, and it, it, the definition makes sense. It's the use of critical thinking, logical argument, and spatial reasoning to solve problems and find new relationships. There you go. Yeah, it's spot Perfect. on. Mm-hmm. So you knew the answer. Uh, I uh, bad at communications, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, couldn't have set that uh, up any better. For some reason, cool. that that reminds me of whenever I I do my abstract artwork, uh, which is all made of triangles. It's it's to me that's what was it geometric reasoning? That's that's what I think I do every time yeah. I paint. Yeah. So, so for an example, the um, the table saw blade washing station that you made. Yeah. I I personally have trouble. Uh, I have trouble putting something like that together. So there's several gears that make that thing work, right? And I kind of I kind of have trouble knowing what the very first thing to start with is, um, and sometimes that kind of trips me up enough to just put some an idea like that mm. on the back burner. Um, if you have any solutions for that, I'm, I'm all ears. Oh, boy. That, well, so that yeah. project I did on a whim, and it was a silly thing. Never meant to make any mm-hmm. money, never meant to commercialize. I give the plans away for free. But it was incredibly hard. It was, it was an incredibly hard thing to do. You had to get the gear ratio right. I needed brushes on the top and bottom of the blade. I needed to grip the blade. I, and then I needed to fit all that apparatus inside of, of a predetermined space because I was using Rockler's uh, blade cleaning uh, kit. And it, it wasn't a lot bigger mm-hmm. than a blade. There was not a lot of room for it. It was incredibly hard. Um, so, I, I mean, really understand all the constraints, I guess, that list I just made. You, you have to work within all of those constraints simultaneously and just start kind of throwing concepts at it and, and try to get, you know, I, I think I started with the blade clamping aspect and just built it out from there piece by piece. Uh, but mm-hmm. that, was, that was a tricky one. That's a lot of brute force. <laughs> right. Persistent. Yeah. yeah. And, and just start somewhere. Just pick a spot yeah, yeah. and start you, you working on that. You gotta start. You and gotta then let your brain find, chew on all those unknowns. Exactly. Find find some aspect of it that isn't as critical, like the clamping of the blade itself. And okay, I can model this and I can add to it. Uh, find find a way to get started. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Step one is to do the first thing. Mm-hmm. That's I agree. All right. I'm making a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> step, step one, one is do the first thing do the first thing <laughs> oh man you gotta wear it every day we? what was I supposed to be doing oh yeah alright step number four is your fourth skill what do you got for us Andy I'm struggling a bit S- struggling is not a skill Struggling is. I have to not agree with CJ on this one. That's that's true. Do Do you have a, a skill that you practice that is that a lot of these inventions feed into? Are they solving problems with some occupation or hobby or sideline? I, I or mean, okay. So I would say I'm a, a skill. Uh, maybe this one was so obvious I didn't think of it. It, it making things. You know, building building with mm-hmm. my hands. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that certainly that's a skill, uh, and it's it's one that I've I've developed and and certainly on the list. Yeah, I think that a lot of people um, are like, well, how do you come up with these things? How are you an inventor or whatever? And I think uh, um, 
you know, kind of something that precedes that is, and, and you know, I guess this is the making problems to solve thing, is if you're out there trying to make things all the time, you're going to come up against a lot more problems. And with each one, you have an opportunity to invent something. If you're not, you know, if you're just coasting through not creating problems for yourself because you're not mm -hmm. making anything, then you don't come up with inventions because you don't have a whole bunch of problems that are in front of you you're trying to solve. I like that. Yeah, you're making problems for yourself, and problems are the catalyst for, you know, that's how it starts in yeah, most now cases. I, now I owe Dave Bauer $3. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so on that, what, what you just got done saying, uh, Andy, how it starts with one thing that you're doing, you're, you're, you're using something, um, that is how the, the Holdenators started, if you even want to call them an invention. But I, I have a Milwaukee die grinder that has two flat wrenches that you need to change the tool. And if you're wearing gloves, you can't pick those flat wrenches up because they're just too, too smooth. And so I invented a little box that, that I can pop rivet onto the side of a plastic container that has all the tooling and it holds the wrenches upright. And that was all it was meant to be, was just a wrench holder. And then the more I looked at it, the more I'm like, I bet this applies to a lot of other tools, like a drill press. You've got a drill press has like at least a chuck key and maybe a brush or an oiler or something else that goes on there that you wish you had a spot for. So then I made a holdenator that goes on the drill press column. Then I made one that goes on a lathe as a lathe chuck key holder because to my knowledge, there is no place for a lathe chuck key. Like people either put it on the ways or in the tray. Yeah. There's no dedicated spot. It is kind right? of odd that like a very common <laughs> thing is to problem. either drill holes in the back of the apron or to make some kind of little, but have you ever, have you seen a lathe that you buy and it just already has a place for all of your tooling and, and your chuck? It's like one of those things that you buy and then you immediately make what everybody else makes to hold, you, you know, your your tools there are a lot of tools like that chisels everybody wants a holder that looks kind of similar uh and none of them come with that right right yeah yeah so all right let's move on to the fifth and final skill <sighs> this feels like a bit of a cop-out but general computer skills I, I, I can pretty much figure out anything i need to um, and that's obviously a big part of uh, the, the marketing of these ideas. But if I didn't know how to video edit and navigate through YouTube and all the different various programs that are necessary, then none of it would have happened. So, again, feels like a cop-out, but important. Yeah. Well, yeah. well you, you, you hit on social media, uh, video editing, uh, YouTube video creation that also includes cinematography that's kind of like uh, five skills all rolled into one so mm -hmm. that's not a cop out it's just a generalization of many skills mm -hmm. so perfectly fine that, that is much more that, that makes up for the whole perseverance thing so. persistence <laughs> persistence Oh, <laughs> persistence. See, he wasn't even listening. I, I don't know what you're talking about, really. I, I half yeah. listen to what everybody says. Great. Now we're going to have to do a whole show on it just to just to drill it in. That's That'll be two. Yeah, perseverance will be the week after next. Okay. <laughs> no, it won't. Was that our best guess? I don't know. But it was a guest. All right. It's time for short and sweet. Uh, Andy, do you have anything you want to say to wrap up the show before we go to the secret segment? I this has been a lot of fun, and thanks uh, again for having me. That's Absolutely. all I got. All right, yeah, we were. Thanks for being here. Uh, Tom, I got to be honest. Uh, sidebar, Andy. Uh, yeah, yeah, just me and you. So Tom didn't think I could get you. I said let's let's get Andy Klein. He's like, that's never going to happen. And I'm like, no, I, sw I swear. Like, I I've texted him before. He's like, you're not going to be able to get Andy. I'm like, you just wait and see, Buster. All right, it's going to happen. So I just I just want you to know, just just man to man here, that uh, Tom, zero faith in me whatsoever. Right on. All right. Yeah. Well, and zero faith in in me for uh, joining, huh? Oh, don't say that. Don't <laughs> let him hear you say that. All right. All right. Well, oh, he oh, was. Oh, oh. I thought this was a sidebar. It is a sidebar. He's That's in, what I'm he's in the don't, bar too. 
No, he's not. But don't say that once I come out of the sidebar. He'll know. That's what I'm trying to say. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Got it. Oh, it looks like he's done drinking his beer. Tom, <laughs> did did, yeah. did you have fun? I had a great time. You? Uh, yeah, well, do you have anything you want to add to Short and Sweet? Yeah, uh, Andy, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. What is your Instagram handle? Have you Did you change it to... You were coming up with a company name a little while ago, and I can't remember what it ended up with. Uh, yeah, the company name is Inclined, oh, inclined. Uh, but I didn't bother right. changing the Instagram handle. I, I just left it Acline2303, the kind of uh, arbitrary Perfect. string of digits. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. When I asked you to come on the show, I didn't think you'd, you'd do it, and I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan, and uh, I did meet you. I don't think you know this. I met you at... Maker Camp, very briefly, you were staring at Justin Dietrich <laughs> on the uh, timber frame thing, and I went, that's Andy Klein. And I said, hey, man, I'm Tom, Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. It's nice to meet you. And that's all I did. I was in a rush that day. <laughs> I was only there for a few hours. But, right on. Yeah, I, I was uh, in it a was rush, nice, too. It was nice to shake your hand. Cool, man. Well, nice to yeah. re-meet meet you, re-meet you. Yes. Yeah, I'll take it. That, that sounds like something a butcher would do. You have to re-meet something. <laughs> Re-meeting. It's our skill topic in two weeks. Tanda? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you have to, you know, re-grind the meat with a bunch of mm. sawdust on one end. Because, like refried beans? Yeah, because these days mm. it's it's hard to make both ends meet. Um, short and sweet, yeah, I just, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, um, shout out to Rocket Lab. A non-government sending sending stuff to the moon with a small rocket. That's that's a cool thing. So it is a cool thing. I don't I'm think being I knew a about space that. Space nerd. Yes. That's, you know the sort of thing that that I stay up there. till four in the morning to watch. But uh, it, it, but that's Andy. She works at that's kind of that's kind of cool. So, that is cool. Yeah. It is very. Cool. I didn't know anything about it. I'll what are they sending to the moon? I didn't know this. Uh, like a laser? Uh, yeah, space laser. Moon, moon laser. Space <laughs> yeah, that's what I was they're saying. gonna they're gonna just engrave a logo on the moon when they get there. That's it. <laughs> Pepsi. Yeah, Pepsi. it's gonna be a Pepsi logo. That that's the only person they could get to fund such a crazy thing. Yeah. Now they're sending a satellite called Capstone, um, which is going to go and be in the near rectilinear halo orbit, which is the orbit that the uh, Artemis project. So, Lunar Gateway eventually will send astronauts. They'll rendezvous with a gateway that will be like an ISS, if you will, like a space station, but it's orbiting the mm -hmm. moon instead of the Earth. Um, and it's in this special orbit called a near rectilinear halo orbit. And they're sending a small satellite from a company, Advanced uh, ASI, ASA, did you, to, did you to go test that, any of that? Go test that and see if it, uh, if it works. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Do you no, have your hand in, in any in the of works. that hardware? Yeah, it was in the works okay. before. So, That's yeah. Cool. But neat stuff so, is afoot in Space 2.0. Hmm. It, it just occurred to me that if you send anything into space, it automatically becomes a space thing. Like that space laser could have been just like one of those cat toys that they chase normal around. Normal laser? Yeah, it could have been just a normal laser, but once it's in it space, space laser, now yeah. it's a like space laser. Like if there's laser. anything in space that's like talking over a fiber optic cable, that's a space laser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but if, see, but you, if you if you sent a satellite into orbit with a teddy bear, that's now yeah, a space, space teddy, teddy bear. bear. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Space bear. That's a space true. bear. Space bear. I'm just saying. Um Anyway, as for me, uh, I wanted to uh, make a call back to when um, Tom was making fun of me for the price of motor brushes, okay? When I said that I looked at a set of motor brushes and they were $12 and I thought that was expensive and Tom's like, that's not expensive. Uh, wait, recently... Wait, wait a minute. Rec Tom, Tom was making fun of you for the price of motor brushes? Yeah. He could yeah. have been making fun of you for free. I know it's, he's he's not very yeah. bright, but anyway, my point okay. being, uh, there's a guy you're on not, Facebook. You're not even in a sidebar, just insulting <laughs> me out in the open. <laughs> I have no fear, Tom. You don't. You're not the boss of me. I know where you live. That's true, but you've never been here before. 
uh, anyway, uh, there's a guy that I know on Facebook that has a Rockwell locomotive belt sander, and the brushes were bad. And he had to order two brushes for it, Tom. Just two. 40 bucks. So the price of brushes has skyrocketed. So when I told you I had $8,000 worth of motor brushes from that repair shop, I may have underestimated the value of the brushes that I have obtained. Just saying. Yeah, but only that guy needed a pair, and he already bought them. Uh, that's just the only guy I know that <laughs> needed a pair. There's lots of people that need a pair of brushes, man. People with messy hair need brushes. Come on, give it the program. That's me. Are you insulting me? Yeah, you need a brush or two, Tom. Just saying. Maybe a couple. You need like a case of brushes. Anyway, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, our top patrons, uh, very own Tanda and Creator Nader, and. If you would like to become a Patreon of this podcast, please go to patreon.com forward slash makerskills. We haven't had a new patron in a while. And when you come in at any level, we get to thank you on the show. If you come in at a higher level, you get your own segment where we give you a custom skill. Who doesn't want one of those? And it's been a hot minute since we've come up with a skill that nobody else has. We're about to go do the secret segment with Andy and... Let me tell you something. We talked about it in the pre-show. This is going to be good. So you don't get to hear it. You're missing out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram, and you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.